Welcome to Brad Kyle's Brad's Motor Works podcast. We'll be talking about some things about BMW, some things of cars in general, and some things about car repair. I hope you find it educational, enlightening, and I hope it increases your understanding of your car. And maybe along the way we'll have some fun too. Thank you for listening, and here we go. Episode number 186, New Diagnostic Wrinkles to Cooling System Diagnostics. Two words, one after the other. Um, This one's going to be a quickie. Again, it's going to be from a trade magazine, but I thought it was good information for people that kind of want to either learn or understand what technicians necessarily have to go through when they're trying to diagnose issues on a car. Sometimes it can be a bit of a process. And uh, this one, this particular one, kind of helps to let you know what's going on with the cooling system. So a couple of quick uh, items beforehand. Again, if you want to get a hold of me, it's always, as far as email, it's always bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. And again, I'm also on LinkedIn under Brad Kyle's Motor Works. So check those out if you feel so inclined. So here we go. Oh, um, this is from a, a trade magazine. It's called Underhood Service. And the author is Andrew Markell, so I'll be reading his words. So here we go. If a vehicle is overheating, the diagnostic diagnostic process has become more complicated in modern cooling systems. Part of the reason is cooling systems have become more integrated with the engine management and emissions reduction systems. Old cooling systems react to heat generated by the engine. New systems anticipate and influence changes in coolant temperature. To gain control over coolant temperatures, OEMs have introduced several new cooling system components that can control the flow and temperature of the coolant. These include grill shutters, electronic thermostats, flow control valves, and electric water pumps. To diagnose an overheating or overcooling complaint, the most important thing is to understand what happens when a component fails and how the control system reacts. Grill shutters. Ford, BMW, and many other OEMs have, inclu- have been including active grill shutters on vehicles over the past decade. The system optimizes aerodynamics and coolant temperatures by using electronically controlled slats to control airflow through the grill, radiator, and engine compartment. If air is required to cool the engine, the vents are opened. If no airflow is needed, the vents are shut, contributing to significantly reduced aerodynamic drag. These systems keep the vanes closed as long as possible from a cold start. The technology can reduce the amount of time required to get the coolant and oil up to temperature during a cold start. Depending on the ambient air temperature and vehicle speeds, the active shutters can reduce emissions and the time to reach closed loop operation. Mounted ahead of the radiator, active grill shutters have motorized horizontal vanes that can rotate to block airflow. The ECM can control the pitch of the vanes to control the air passing through the radiator. Ford has 15 settings, while other manufacturers use the percentage of opening requested. The last thing the OEM wants it to do is to have the shutter stuck closed. If the grill is stuck in the closed position, the engine will overheat. To prevent this from happening, the fail-safe position is typically fully open. When the car or truck is parked, the shutters will be in the fully open position. When the engine is starter started, the actuator will test the shutter's full range of motion. If an issue is detected, the ECM puts the shutters in a fully open or neutral position and does not actuate them. The ECM will set a code and turn on the check engine light if a problem is detected. Electronic thermostats. 
A conventional thermostat reacts to the changes in the temperature of the coolant. It is a simple reaction where heat causes a capsule of wax to melt. When the wax melts, a spring can push the valve open and coolant flows. When the coolant drops in temperature, the wax solidifies and the valve closes. An electronic thermostat can preemptively control the temperature of the coolant by heating the wax capsule with an electric heating element controlled by the ECM. The system can liquefy the wax and open the thermostat. With a conventional thermostat, if the driver encounters a large hill, the cooling system reacts to the increased heat generated by the engine loads. The transferred heat has to pass through the cylinder head, block, and the housing that holds the thermostat. By this time, by the time this happens, the engine could be experiencing a detonation, pre-ignition, and increased NOx emissions. With an electronic thermostat, the ECM will command the thermostat open when load is put on the engine. Factors like ambient temperature and engine RPM and ignition can influence the position of the thermostat. These inputs can be configured into a map that can optimize engine performance. The failure mode for an electric thermostat is, is if the heater fails, it will work as a conventional thermostat. The ECM might detect increased or decreased resistance in the heater circuit and set a code, but other codes can be set if the ECM does not see temperature changes when the thermostat is opened or closed. Flow control valves. Even the latest electronic thermostats have their limitations. Many new engine designs use a thermal or flow control valve. These valves direct the flow of the coolant instead of coolant flowing like a conventional thermostat. The valve can direct coolant to the engine as well as the turbocharger, heater core, and oil cooler. By controlling coolant flow from time to time to reach closed loop operation is reduced. Flow control valves have a stepper motor similar to those found on a throttle by wire actuator. Inside are position switches that monitor the location of the valves. The position of the valves can be set depending upon the engine load, coolant temperatures, and other parameters like the temperature of the heater core. The failure mode for a flow control valve is similar to grill shutters. When a problem is detected, it will go into a neutral position where the flow is directly to vital components like the engine block, cylinder head, and turbocharger. The component will set codes and the driver may notice it takes longer to warm up the engine, as well as a reduction in fuel economy. Electric fuel pumps. A mechanical water pump can be turned by a timing chain, timing belt, or drive belt and, it, and is limited by the speed of the engine. These mechanical pumps might not move enough coolant at idle or could be cavitating at higher speeds. Also, the pump can use 3 to 5 horsepower from the engine. The solution is to use an electric motor to turn the water pump. The most infamous application is the BMW N54, but others other domestic European and Asian manufacturers are using those types of water pumps. These types of pumps constantly vary the speed of the pumps to control the temperature of the engine. Control the temperature of the engine. Temperature control, wow, temperature sensors on the engine, radiator and HVAC system will check the effectiveness of the pump to move the coolant and transfer heat. If the pump can't control the temperature, it will set a code for the pump and that, that may describe the problem as a deviation in speed. The system might try to increase the speed of the pump to preserve the engine, but, uh, but if the pump is no longer turning, the engine will overheat. The other type of electric water pump is an auxiliary coolant pump. 
These pumps can operate when the key is on or off. The first application was to keep the coolant moving through. I'm sorry, I lost my place. Oh, boy. Wow. Sorry about that. Found it again. The first application was to keep the coolant moving through the heater core on diesel-powered vehicles so the driver could, would not freeze while the vehicle was idling. These pumps are also used to cool a turbocharger after the engine has shut down. A failed auxiliary pump will almost never cause the vehicle to overheat. If the auxiliary coolant pump is inoperative, the customer might notice reduced heater performance at low speeds and at idle. If the pump is used to cool the turbocharger, the failed pump can cause the turbocharger to fail prematurely. The basics still apply to modern cooling systems. If the system can't maintain pressure, the system will overheat. Also, the quality of the coolant will determine the longevity of the components. The only real change is that you will need a scan tool to verify the operation of these new components. Okay, so new stuff, you know, new, way, new ways that things happen or, or are accomplished. Uh, we're still trying to basically just keep the engine operating at optimum temperature without it overheating. But uh, we're operating more on kind of the razor edge, as they say. Okay, so today's cooling system is everything is working properly if it's properly pressurized and it has the right amount of proper coolant versus water in it. Um, boiling temperature of that mixture can easily be upwards of 250 degrees, maybe even a little bit more than that. Okay, this is why it's so important that you have a properly operating radiator cap to keep the right pressure on the system. Because if you lose pressure while, while the car is running, uh, it's going to, the, the coolant will go through a change of state and it's going to start boiling and steaming and the engine will overheat. So it's really important all this stuff works together. So I hope you found that interesting and enlightening and uh, I appreciate you listening. Uh, once again, if you want to get a hold of me via email, it's bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. And again, I'm also on LinkedIn under Brad Kyle's Motorworks. So hope you found it interesting and uh not too boring sorry i lost my place there i'm i'm kind of tired right now and i just i closed my eyes for a split second while i was reading and <laughs> and i lost where i was so sorry about that anyway uh that's enough for now on that one and uh again i hope you find it interesting so i appreciate you listening and i hope you have a fantastic day and a great tomorrow thank you again thank you for listening to this episode it's been an honor and a privilege to spend time with you I hope you found this of value. Please share it with family and friends. Above all else, with all you're getting, get understanding. May God bless you and keep you. And thank you again.